0: Welcome to the Partnership Podcast. Families' needs have always been at the forefront of the funeral profession. Recently, the upcoming regulators have brought it into even clearer focus. But beyond adhering to a set of rules, different independents have different approaches to families' well-being. Today we'll hear from one, Sarah Jones of Full Circle Funerals in Leeds. Full Circle is about delivering a service which is tailored to the needs of the family they are supporting recognizing that people have different levels of experience and want different things from funeral directors. Sarah is Full Circle's director, as well as being a member of the Safe Charter Product Development and Innovation Group, and today we'll hear from her on families' needs and the evidence behind her perspective. So Sarah, lovely to see you again, and thanks for your time today. How are you?
1: I am Sita. Thank you. Yes. How about
0: you? Not bad. Coping in this hot weather. I'm sure it will rain soon now. Yeah.
1: Tomorrow. Okay. Yeah.
0: A yeah. Yep. Yep.
1: Bring
0: it on. Oh, I know. I know. We shouldn't complain, should we? Anyway, look. Um, as I said, lovely to see you again. And, and let's f- start off, I guess, with a question around values and principles. So. I'm really interested in those values and principles from a customer perspective that have guided you since you started your business. Could you just share some of those with us?
1: Uh, sure. So um, I guess like everybody, you bring with you your personal and professional experiences into everything that you do. Yeah. So um, I started my my professional life uh, within health and social care. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I became a funeral director, I guess everything that I did was sort of framed with with that experience. Yeah. Um, and uh, so the other big side of that is that um, in the uh, places where I've worked previously, trying to practice to an evidence base is very important. So trying cool. to understand what evidence there is um, to suggest what people want and need and then trying to make sure that you practice in a way that the d- delivers that. Yeah. So, um, the, uh, so I suppose when I set up Full Circle, it was with a view to trying to bring therapeutic principles into funeral care. Um, But it was also trying to practice to the evidence base. But of course, interestingly, in funeral care, as I'm sure you and everyone listening is aware, there isn't really a very good evidence base um, about what people actually value and what's beneficial um, when people are interacting and having to um, engage the funeral director, plan a funeral. And so that's um, challenging. It's hard to practice (laughs) with evidence base when there isn't an evidence base. So the way that we deliver care is, is taking principles from other industries where there is an evidence base, but yeah. then also um, like many others, we're sort of trying to stimulate a little bit more research and questioning, and then trying to introduce a bit of an evidence base, which could then guide people's practice.
0: Understand, thank you. And we'll touch on uh, customer research a bit later on in the podcast. So when you refer to a modern approach, what does that mean to you and how do you know what it means for your families and customers?
1: Uh, that's a great question um, and uh, I'm not sure I've got a particularly sophisticated answer to it. <laughs> There's a lot of words, aren't there, that are abounded about in funeral care. Traditional, modern, progressive, alternative. And I suppose they mean very different things to different people. And I'm sure like many funeral directors, part of the challenge is how on earth do you articulate what your approach is and what your values are into yeah. a bit of a void. I think the mm-hmm. majority of the general public don't have a lot of um, funeral language, and um, these things probably don't mean an awful lot to them. They don't necessarily have the narrative to know what to ask. Yeah. Um. Or and uh, yeah. So I suppose what modern means to me is that we're um at least trying to understand and navigate what people would want now yes. um rather than seeing ourselves as the upholders of tradition right so um rather than uh framing funeral care as funeral directors being the experts in telling people how how to fulfill a funeral in a way that is consistent with how it has been done in the past Sure. trying to understand what people today might need and what would be best for their medium and long-term well-being
0: Got it. So i don't
1: have a great answer to that no, it? it's a tricky worry.
0: one <laughs> don't worry there's no more tricky questions um Now, you talk a lot about families' well-being in your materials and on your website. So what does that mean to you? And how in practice do you work to ensure that families' needs are actually being met then?
1: so The whole idea of becoming a funeral director, or the reason I became a funeral director, is because I think funerals are important. And I think with the right support, if people are enabled to create a funeral that is right for them and and their friends and family, then I think that could have a meaningful impact. Mm-hmm. on people's outcomes and by that i mean um how they feel yeah. uh, both from a physical and a mental well-being uh perspective months and years down the line right. um and i i i think that there are many many factors clearly that will have an impact on this that you know the, the time before somebody dies the mode of death be yes. all sorts of other risk factors potentially for people having a more challenging grief journey but I think funeral is an important event through that and the support that people get is important so what I mean by that is um, that I think at the funeral and the support that funeral directors can give in and around the funeral so, could potentially have an impact on people's physical and mental outcomes further down the line. And again, as I've alluded to yeah. in many industries, there would be some evidence as to whether it's, that bold statement is true or not. There isn't in yeah. funeral care, but I think there, you know, in time there could be, um, yeah. and it would be really interesting. I'd like to think that majority of funeral directors, that's why they're doing it. They're doing right. it because they think it's going to make a difference to people yeah. short and long term. Um, and I suppose the way that we do it is by trying to understand what people need, Short term with the funeral arrangements, help them to create a funeral that seems to fit with their objectives at that time, but then yeah. also give quite a lot of support post funeral, So share a lot of information about things that might help them um, in things like exercise after bereavement and how music might be supportive, art therapy, um, all sorts of, um, of, of different putting information out there. Some of which will people will really not find particularly interesting, but hopefully there'll be one or two things that each individual might find interesting and might help them just to do something that helps them to stay well after a bereavement.
0: No, I get that. And and do you find, just to follow up to that, And do you find that some of the families come back to you for, for guidance and bereavement support and, and just yes, some signposting yes. of where to go?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Lots of them touch back uh touch it just sometimes for practical support you know um utilities type stuff you know all of that kind of account closures um lots of them come back and ask us about um sort of probate things um lots and lots come back and ask questions about you know their children and and how could they support their children do we know any books or podcasts or Um, And lots of them uh, do definitely make reference to having looked at some of the material that we've given to them or had a look on the website and and feedback that different bits of that have been helpful. So yeah.
0: Thank you. Now let's turn to the practical realities of owning and running a business then. what qualities are important in this business and how do you ensure that the staff you recruit and who work with you demonstrate the consistent approach? And I guess I'm referring to you have a set of values and principles that guided you. So in the staff that you gather around you, um, how do you ensure that they sort of replicate that for you?
1: Uh, so I suppose first thing is recruitment, isn't it? And being clear what you're looking for in people. And trying to tailor your questions in your interviewing and recruitment process. As part of that, we don't just interview. We also um, ask people to come for a discovery day. They come and spend some time in the service, which is, I think, kind of helpful way to to get a sense of what somebody's about. And then check that it's a context they think that they'd be happy in. Uh, Then we um, have pretty clear uh, documents. One of which is called Working at Full Circle, which tried to as clearly as I can kind of articulate yeah. what it's about and, and what's important and big section in there about language and all sorts of things. Sure. Um, and uh, we have an induction process, which, again, tries to talk. There's a lot in there about the principles and the approach and and what's important and, and yeah. tries to kind of stimulate people to think about some some things. Yeah. Um, more philosophically I guess rather than just straight down to the practical you know yeah. this is how you look after somebody after they've died sort of thing yeah. um and then we have kind of an ongoing process called reflective practice so after every funeral the funeral directors fill in a, a document which reflects on the funeral and and asks them to consider some things and then we share that as a group and and try and and kind of uh have a bit of an ongoing kind of organizational learning and individual learning that goes with it oh, But, you know, I suppose as for any funeral director, if you have a certain approach and a philosophy about how you like to look after families and the people in your care, then, you know, it's pretty important to articulate that clearly. And then the people who join the organisation and are in the organisation, if they understand that vision, then it'll be a lot easier for them to kind of make sure that everything that they do really is, is focused on achieving that vision.
0: No, I get that. Absolutely. So another follow up question. If I went into your team today and you weren't around and I asked them what you like to to work for as a boss, how would they describe you?
1: Uh-huh. I think they would say that uh, interesting. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah, I suppose it's an environment where there's, we're constantly sort of thinking of new things and ways to improve but i can imagine that that's sometimes also a little bit tiring and they might be quite pleased when i go off on holiday for a little while because then i can't have any marvelous ideas about how to do things better
0: excellent well Um, done
1: (laughs) fixed picture
0: no that's cool thank you Okay, um, Full Circle is known for commissioning your own research, and you touched on that earlier. So could you explain a little about your findings, the reasons behind conducting research, and generally what led you to focus on using research to reach these evidence-based decisions?
1: Yeah, okay, so we don't really commission the research, I guess, we, we, so we, we do the research. Right, so we understand, really lead on Thank it. you. Yeah. yeah, so I guess the really short story is, after we have been open about a year, I thought, yeah, I really want to check that we're practising to the evidence base. So I, from my previous work, I still have access to a lot of a lot of this sort of information. Yeah. So I uh, looked for the evidence base and found out that there wasn't really one. You know, there were lots of people who had an opinion and who would kind of published these thoughts or anecdotes. But actually, there wasn't really any significantly robust research asking people that bereaved people themselves what was yeah. important. Mm-hmm. I found that unfortunate, I guess, for lots of reasons. So I approached um, an academic from University of York and I said uh, you know I think that we should do something about this Um, and that uh, was in 2017 maybe 2018 and since then there's been a number of projects. So the first project um, was about uh, interviewing uh, bereaved people themselves and asking them what was important. So we did long-form interviews, really open questions, nothing specific. We weren't asking anything about specific funeral directors or um anything like that it was just getting people to talk about the funeral experience and what came yep. what they didn't and how they felt about it, it were really really long interviews and then uh, Julie from University of York had the job of trying to 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 unpick all of that and then draw out some themes so there were five themes that came out of that that people consistently said were important to them mm-hmm. um, and so we've called them the five factors so that was sort of the first piece of work and then we tried to share that um In some respects, there was nothing particularly shocking in there, but some of the detail was really quite thought provoking. And then there are two things that have come from that. The first is that during that research, um, quite a lot of people spoke unprompted about Mm -hmm. how their feelings on how people were cared for after death. So, physically right. cared for. So, okay. we didn't ask any direct questions. So, some people spoke about it and some people didn't, but some people yeah. spoke about it really quite strongly and it had a significant impact on their experience, good and bad. Right. So, that led us to think actually, do you know what? This is a whole other area that we need to potentially yeah. start to look at. Mm-hmm. So, um, a, a second piece of work was, was done, which was um, asking questions specifically about people's ideas, concerns, and expectations about how right. people are cared for after death and then also surveying funeral directors to ask them actually what their views are and what does their practice look like? And we're just writing that up at the moment. So we're hoping that that one again, that's been really interesting. Um, And uh, the the other piece of work that's going on at the moment is that, um, so in many uh, aspects of clinical care, you have scores that have been validated. So you might have hurt your leg or whatever, and and, there's a pain score and you score your pain. And and, um, so we are with the University of Bradford developing something similar for funerals right so trying to develop a score which is validated and it's a really kind of long iterative process Mm -hmm. which is a validated score for measuring people's funeral satisfaction and it is predominantly intended as a research tool so this isn't about funeral directors getting satisfaction surveys from a marketing perspective or quality Uh -uh. improvement perspective it's more about having a tool that people could plug into maybe end-of-life research or other research projects that might begin to show um what works for people so what um, other factors have an impact on people's funeral experience and whether that funeral experience has any impact on, on people's well-being later, which ultimately is the question I'd like to answer. I'd like to understand whether the funeral actually matters. I think we all believe, I can imagine everybody listening thinks it does, but we don't really have the evidence to support that. So it would be nice to start to stimulate that kind of work.
0: Right. Fascinating. So I guess we'll hear more about that, what, over the coming months?
1: I hope so yeah the challenge is getting it out there for people to read it it's going to be ready whether um yeah whether we can get it in front of the right people is a whole other challenge
0: no I know okay well we'll look forward to it when it arrives all right look final question um looking forward and i by forward I suppose set the horizon five ten years ahead what trends and customer preferences are you witnessing that you feel will shape future funerals
1: Um, It's a slightly difficult question to answer because of course it's only going to be our fifth birthday soon so um, I can't I think to answer that really intelligently and with insight you probably need to have been doing this for a lot longer Um, I I suppose rather than completely fluffing the question I think we're going to see some of the uh, changes from the pandemic today I think there'll be much more digital um, I think people will want us to be more enabled to do things on Zoom, to be able to stream things, to be much more there'll be many more photo tributes. They're going to expect yeah. us to have the skills and experience to be able to deliver that sort of more technical stuff to them. Sure. Um, and uh, which I think is great. I think the really yeah. positive thing comes from the pandemic. Uh, I get the impression that, that slowly people possibly. Probably um it's maybe a generational thing, but I'm becoming a slightly more discerning customer and they are asking more probing questions about actually, do you know what do I want from a funeral and what does good funeral care look like? And um, but I, I don't know if it's always felt like this, if you see what I mean. So this may be the general feeling um and um uh, yeah, so, I, I mean, I you know, in an industry that hasn't changed for a very long time, I can't imagine that there's going to be any really huge changes. I think but hopefully we'll just continue to move in a nice positive trajectory to improve the care that we collectively deliver.
0: Right. Lovely. Thank you. And I guess at the heart of that is still the customer and the family. So as long as that principle remains, uh, we're in good shape, I guess. Sarah, thank you ever so much. Appreciate your time today. That was a fascinating conversation. Thank you. Thank you for listening to golden charters partnership podcast if you have any thoughts about family's preferences or anything we've discussed today you can contact me on malcolm.flanders at goldencharter.co.uk to get involved in the conversation you can also find our previous episodes on goldencharter.buzzsprout.com or on a range of podcast apps thanks again for listening and i'll talk to you next time on the partnership podcast